Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of Scream and Stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello, everybody. Are we off mute, Chris? All right, we're here. We are uh, unlocking the cage. This is the podcast where we are uh, here to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 100 plus movies. I am your host, Meg. I am here with Chris Madden. Hello. How are you? Me? <laughs> so formal. How are you, America? How are you, America? How you doing, How is- America? <laughs> uh, we have uh, very exciting news today in that Chris made us a soundboard. I haven't figured <laughs> I haven't figured out the appropriate way to use some of these yet, but um, I'm excited to play with this. All right. So uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast form, this is recorded live on Twitch at manage, uh, sorry, twitch.tv slash managers comedy every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific. If you are listening to this and you're like, I'd rather see the visual form of this, you miss seeing our faces, go to youtube.com slash managers comedy. Um, today's movie is 2007's Next. Today's guest is Renny Rivas, who is an actress and comedian in Los Angeles. Her podcast is called Ring Ring, and I've been told to say that it is totally tits, and I believe it. Let's bring out Renny. It's totally tits. It's totally yeah. tits. <laughs> Hi, kids. It's totally tits. Oh. <laughs> That's what the kids are saying these Good. days. Good. How are you? <laughs> Uh, all right, we've all got a brown liquid of choice. Brown liquid right. of choice. Brown What's liquids. everybody drinking? I'm drinking uh, river water. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is uh, iced tea, or is it? Mm. Mine is Averna. I was, I was like, I want something that's boozy, but not too boozy. Averna. Ooh, an Italian. It's really it? good. It's so good. It tastes like like adult Coke. <laughs> Elevating oh, the show. A different kind of adult Coke. A different kind of adult <laughs> yeah. Coke. Adult Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, all right. So we're here to talk about the movie next. Um, <laughs> this this is an interesting episode. I'm So uh, Rennie is the first person, I think, who has come to us and said, I will do whatever you make me do. And <laughs> oh, her, back it up. What She'll watch whatever Nick Cage movie we ask her to watch. <laughs> That's true. That is you said, better <laughs> description of what we actually I'll said. do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> um, I'm so, not watching the eight millimeters movie. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Don't that one's the real one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to send you a locked box and uh, <laughs> make sure you watch it twice so you remember. <laughs> we need you to infiltrate the underground porn industry of LA. <laughs> And I'm fight. On it. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to try one. I'm going to try one. I had a boner with a capital O. Is that from 8mm? <laughs> <Okay. millimeter? laughs> no, I think that's from um, Wild at Heart. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I think boner with a capital O, the first thing that comes to my mind is the Muppet Show when they're in the O in the Muppet Show <laughs> and they come out and they go <laughs> with the symbols. And I think boner instead of the anyway with the animal in the O. That's my childhood. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. All right. So. All right. So 
Um, so anyway, so we, so Renny said, uh, you guys picked the movie for me. And I said, Chris, which movie should she do? And you said, we should do next. And why? <laughs> I want to know why, Chris. No, you suggested what? a movie. And I said, next. Oh. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, all right, rage. And I was like, don't get mad at me. <laughs> and then you were like, uh, National treasure. I'm like, I know Reddy's a national treasure, but we have to pick a movie. <laughs> this went on for 20 minutes. <laughs> I think Chris could go on further if we let him. Uh, and then I said jujitsu, and then you punched me in the face. Uh, it's, it's, it's losing the thread. We only needed three of No, I saw this movie a long time ago. I remembered it as being a very fun movie, but also just like a premise that is just like, this could be an amazing superhero movie if done with like the right people and the right, like, oh, yeah. you know, but, and there was a lot of fun here, but they put Nick Cage in it and there you go. <laughs> um, all right. And so Randy, you had never seen this movie before, right? Correct. Um, never seen this movie. And I appreciate that I was assigned this movie so much because it did not break the rule of bad like a bad movie that's fun good this this was that but i can't i can't forgive boring so this this was the opposite of boring and i appreciate it i have a i know i'm not supposed to announce what i do a soundboard thing but i have a soundboard thing about being boring. let's go let's go i'm bored let's go <laughs> i i think i'm gonna get more natural with it i just need to get the kinks out we, o- we only had a few of those i think one of them was uss indianapolis men of courage Mm. That was I'm bored bad. already. Oh, <laughs> the title. Lowest, lowest rated movie on our yeah. list out wow. of 20, 21, 20. Wow. Yeah. That one was really rough. But then, yeah, I think a lot of Nick Cage's do have the benefit of the fact that Nick Cage is in them. So it kind of adds a little something to it to make it. Yeah. This yeah. one, I think just the premise was so fun and they managed to do some fun things with it that kind of kept you going and you were like, all right, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let me give you guys, before we dig into the movie, I'm going to give you guys a little background on this movie, um, <laughs> just because I'm sure that neither of you had any reason to look into this whatsoever. Um, so <laughs> it was 2007. It was directed by a guy named Lee Tamahori, who uh, directed Die Another Day, the James Bond movie, uh, Along Came a Spider, which I've heard of, and Triple X <laughs> State of the Union. Nice. Um and a uh, interesting fact about the director, and I and I want to tell this fact, and I don't mean it in a shamey way. I just want to clarify this, but just in a factual way, this They're is what 600 happened. 600 pounds. No, ah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, ah. he might be, I don't know. Okay. But he, uh, right before this movie came out in 2006, the director was arrested in Los Angeles at Santa Monica Boulevard um, because he entered an undercover policeman's car while dressed as a woman and offered to perform a sex act in exchange for money. Hey, so this- what the director was was the wait was the police officer no the, the director was the the guy who got arrested wow have times gotten so bad there there's not enough big budget blockbusters to make a dollar <laughs> yeah, they gave him 78 million dollars to make this movie and he needed a little extra a little man chain. i mean i guess we're assuming that times got bad maybe like he's just like this is what i do for fun <laughs> maybe this movie drove drove him or they to do such work you know <laughs> so this this is the year before the movie so i, I do wonder oh, before if, the movie yeah it's the year before the, i wonder wonder whether that i mean was this while he was filming like like what i just I'm very curious how this arrest had 
oh. reverberations on the movie. I just thought that was an maybe interesting fact. It was a dare, or maybe it was a role playing gone awry, like he got in the wrong car. I feel like it was probably just his his thing, you know, and or he their, just their happened thing? on a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm assuming his pronouns are he, based on his Wikipedia page, but okay. I cannot confirm. Man, well, maybe that's why the the plot got so. Um... Blue lives, blue lives at the end of of next. Very <laughs> true. Maybe that's why it took a hard left turn into the police precinct, and uh, you know, put on their militia gear and supported the cops like that. <laughs> that was such a tone change, tone shift. Like- interesting fact about this that I uh, will tell you guys is that this movie had a major rewrite when it was originally written and the first draft was very, can you imagine? I know very anti-authoritarian, yeah, very, well, very anti-cops. And then they just like rewrote it. We're like, well, what if the FBI are the heroes? Rennie nailed oh this. Rennie nailed this. This is, I know <laughs> he had to do this as his public service from his arrest. He had to change yes, the ending. This was clearly stated in, in their house arrest terms. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in your next authority. That's anti-authority like, movie's gonna yeah. Maybe he couldn't get cooperation of the LAPD. I, I honestly I'm I'm overthinking this, I think. You're overthinking <laughs> it. All right, one more fact about this, guys. So uh oh no, two more facts. All right, quickly. Uh it was made for seventy eight million dollars. It made seventy six million dollars. So uh <laughs> almost there. A rare could have been worse. Break even situation. Not great. Almost. <laughs> Seventy-eight million dollars is a lot of money. That's a big a budget. Movie. Holy shit. For this movie, I'm actually surprised because this movie consists of a lot of people walking around warehouses, like just walking. Um, it is an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story. And I want to read you guys a little brief description of what happens in this story just so you can see how loose of an adaptation it is. Um, yeah. the story is called The Golden Man. Um, a couple. So like a man and a woman are part of a government agency that are tracked with tracking down and sterilizing mutants. The golden man is a feral young man named Chris with gold colored skin who does not appear to be sapient, but possesses the ability to see all possible outcomes from every single, any single action. Unknown to the agency, Chris turns out to possess another power. His golden skin acts like a lion's mane and allows him to seduce members of the opposite sex. <laughs> this is how it ends. Chris influences the the woman and the couple into freeing him and then impregnates her and makes his escape. But wait, how does a lion's mane, how is the function of a lion's mane to seduce people is that what a lion's mane does i don't look at a lion's mane and go <laughs> i don't think it's meant for you chris but why is it <laughs> you don't you don't spread like nala when you see the <laughs> see the mane at the zoo i'm trying to think of humans that have lion's manes you know who i'm thinking of is uh the guy who plays aquaman oh yeah well he'll he'll make people spread like nala <laughs> For like many other reasons, not just his lion's mane. Did I did I freeze for you guys? Oh yeah, you froze. Oh, we got a That's frozen weird. boy. It's, it's oh boy. Tough. All right, I'm gonna p- unplug my my, my uh, camera and then see if I can come back. Well, um, good thing this is mostly an audio medium, so no one's gonna know she's frozen. I am uh, cracking up about his golden skin. It's so weird. 
because I, I'm just cracking up because they've they've um, eschewed so much of the original story for the movie, but Nick Cage has a very dark tan, <laughs> and it's really noticeable. So is that some kind of remnant, like the Miami spray tan was <laughs> was the middle ground? They made that... him like a golden god. Kind <laughs> yeah, of. but they gave him the the uh, Miami fitness spray tan with your membership like <laughs> and they gave him like that longer nick cage hair like that weird long like, oh yeah like old revolutionary style hair so maybe that's his lion's mane is that like semi-long exactly oh i didn't even think about that it is the the long hair and the spray tan was the costume department the, the makeup department's um inspired and you ever notice, like, in this movie, he, like, he doesn't change his clothes after a certain point ever? Like, he's wearing that same outfit for the rest of the movie? Like, he oh, has a tux on yeah. and boom. I thought it was just two days, the whole yeah. thing. You're probably right, actually. Oh, well, now we have an extra Meg in the, uh... <laughs> Hold on, let me pull the old switcheroo here. Oh, I don't know what happened there. There we Wait, go. Wait, I, 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 I heard most of what you guys were saying. Occulties, we're okay now. Right. You were talking about his, his his so so I do think so one thing that I heard is that the reason he wears that gold jacket the whole time is an, is intended to be trip in tribute to the original story the golden man amazing I I didn't notice the jacket at all just the spray tan which is <laughs> very golden just to kind of oh man Meg froze again just to kind of no. get into this movie like to get it just at the top of the film okay. I gotta say something about this movie is I gotta say it the the font they chose for the opening <laughs> credits was the same font as the seven movies, like uh, not the seven movies as the movie seven. It was like, yeah, that was strange. It was a strange choice. That's, that's what it was. It looked familiar. It was weird. And, and wrong. Like, like somebody was like, oh, I'll just get to use this font. And it was like, why? Like, is this some menacing kind of font they used? Yeah. But again, it's very fitting because this movie had all these elements of a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. That 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 is reminiscent of a superior film. Okay. <laughs> hey, you're not frozen anymore. I'm back, guys. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole? Hey! hey. <laughs> he tried to use a quote. <laughs> so all right. That didn't really. Cage is a shitty Vegas magician, magician, mentalist. Uh, in the Frank Cadillac show. Name straight out of a song from Bruce Springsteen. Really? I just pick. I mean, that's a Springsteen esque thing. I don't know, Cadillacs. People named Frank. I don't know. I picture a guy. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. I have to look this up right now because I really feel like you know. You know when like um you see the thing on Twitter where it's like an article that's like spiders. They can be your friends too. Don't be afraid of them. And then someone quote tweets it and says, "Did a spider write this?" Yes. <laughs> Like watching this, I was like, did a magician write this? Like magicians, they can be cool. <laughs> they can get ladies too. Can we, oh, should we play that clip or should we wait? We should wait to play. Uh, okay. Uh, so far, it does not look like anyone who wrote this is an actual magician. Ah, man. Well, there must have had someone consult. It must have been someone who, who had one of those boxes you get when you're a kid of magic tricks. Oh, but the, one of the guys who wrote this, so this has three uh, writers. One of the guys who wrote oh, it also wrote, I know, right? Also wrote Die Hard with a Vengeance, Jumanji, wow. Con Air, Armageddon, what? Gone oh. in 60 Seconds. Hey. Those are good. Uh, fun. 
that's some good credits. Well, this movie did have a lot of parallels to Gone in 60 Seconds when we were watching it. Yes, it did. Have you yeah. seen that one, Rennie? Not in a while, but I'm not surprised it's from this one of the same writers. Yeah, and he yeah. had that whole scene where he's in the car chase with the silver car, and he kind of looked like he was, you know, the speedometer was going. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, all right, let's. So he's he could see two bits of the future. He, uh, you know, he lays low, stays under the radar, uh, pretends to be a magician that's actually doing tricks, but also, is actually. How lucky does he get? At the top of the movie where he's like, what if I told you your necklace was about to break in five seconds? Like, that's like beyond stupid. Like, like whose what? necklace breaks on stage? That's a very <laughs> big he, That means he like went in his head and he was like, I'm going to go through the, every possibility audience for anything that's going to happen when someone gets on stage. And he so finds someone like, oh, that chick's necklace is going to break. Boom. Bring her up <laughs> here. And then it falls in her drink. And then they cut away. And then he's like, check my pocket. Go in, reach your whole hand into my pocket. And her okay. necklace is in his pocket. So like, I, I, I took a picture of the TV screen in that. And I, I wanted to send it to somebody like you. Where she's reaching her, Can you hold it up? <laughs> he's reaching her hand into the pocket. So fun fact, Chris, I we that woman, the woman who he reached the hand in the pocket, um, we've seen her recently in something else. Uh, that's a tough one. Okay. Uh, because she is Alice Kim Cage, who is Nicholas Cage's ex-wife. They were married at the time. Did you know that, Renny? You're nodding your head like you know. I'm nodding because I watched the whole movie and I thought, well, he has no chemistry at all with Jessica Biel. But that one hot Asian woman in the beginning, <laughs> they had they had sparks in their eyes. And then I remembered his wife having looked like that woman. So I just Googled it and went, yeah. Is, that, is she Kalal? Uh, is she Kalal's mom? I His that's son? a good question. I don't know for sure. Okay. I am gonna guess maybe based on that. Um, okay. But so she also appeared. We recently watched the uh little cameo that Cage has in Grindhouse. She was in that too. So we saw her recently. Oh, okay. <laughs> So okay. are we going to, all right. So the, something that happens with is he, he's gambling and uh, he's going to cash out and he knows that someone's going to shoot up the place. Cause he can see two minutes in the future. And <laughs> instead of like doing what he does in the diner and like going through all the possibilities to find the one where he doesn't have to fucking escape in a car chase. Yeah. He picks the one where he has to escape in a car chase. <laughs> <laughs> that made no sense. Like knowing the rest of the movie. Uh, then he'd never have any fun, Chris. <laughs> he was bored. <laughs> he was bored. I'm sh- maybe there was something else I'm missing here that like, maybe he, he knew he would get that car. And so he was like, I want that car. There were holes all over the script. Yeah. Oh my God. If you look deep enough into any of the holes, you can see the future. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> the biggest hole is like Julianne Moore's like entire motivation at the top of this movie to find him. Like, what? Yeah. We we see her with her with her colleague watching his show. Like that is there is so much I want to know. <laughs> the FBI, How did they get to this point? Yeah, the Why? FBI is fucked basically. This yeah, this these two FBI members are drinking their like two drink minimum at a terrible ma- magic show. <laughs> um <laughs> there's a there's a what's it called a quote from this scene that i wrote down because it was so bad uh which is where he guesses that this guy is from korea by saying oh it's so bad 
You're a soul, man. <laughs> like, he could be so much more impressive with his abilities. But he's, like, doing, uh, I guess that's the point. I don't know. Yeah. It's so bad. And Julianne Moore is supposed to be this, like, incredibly tough, like, like, uh, like person who's, like, you know, FBI special agent, all this stuff like that. Like, the, the, the dignity she has, you know, like, the way she, like, carries herself. She must have felt, like, so defeated. Like, look at me. I'm sitting in this Vegas desperate to find anything I could do, grabbing at straws. And it was just so weirdly played, and, like, the whole situation didn't make any damn sense. It there were so been... many scenes we didn't see. <laughs> to get to that point, yeah. It, it would have been better if, if Julianne Moore was the love interest, and she somehow happened to meet him somehow, and, you know, like, instead of them hunting him down, or I don't know... I would argue that this movie would have been a lot better if Jessica Biel, no offense to Jessica Biel, but if Jessica Biel's character was not there and that there was a love connection between Nicolas Cage and Julianne Moore. Yeah. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. For a lot Maybe. of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a Julianne Moore fact that I have not had a chance to uh, share on this podcast because we haven't done one with Julianne Moore. But mm. guys, I have it on good authority from someone who has told me they're not, I'm not allowed to tell where they know this from. I don't know why, uh, but Julianne Moore wears a wig in every single movie she's in. Hmm. Even the ones where it's just like, oh, that's what Julianne Moore's hair looked like. It's all very expensive wigs. What? I thought that was cool. That is cool. That's- I heard the same thing about Bill Murray, even <laughs> though he, he, has, he has very thin, nothing hair. It's still fake. That's that's what I've heard. Wait, is that a bit or is that true? It's true. Oh my god! Well, it's it's true based on a, a screenwriter I know who was in the room with Bill Murray said he was bald as an egg. Oh, like, like that bald? Totally, very bald. Yeah. So he and just that, wears like a a super receding hairline wig. Yeah, like really well done fluff. <laughs> that rules. Fluff. Good for him. Whoa! All right. But Julianne Moore, why? That's that's the. Because uh, so the reason I've heard is that because her yeah. hair, when you're in a movie, your hair gets styled, it gets dyed, you know, they do a lot of stuff to it. And she just wants to keep her hair perfectly natural <laughs> okay. by putting a wig on top of it instead of doing any styling or doing any coloring. It makes sense to me. Well, they did a great job on her hair. Whoever got the CVS coupon for the nice and easy black number three um, for Nick's for Nick's hair. <laughs> it's not it good. It looks like a Sharpie. <laughs> Some, somebody <laughs> went and cut up a black, uh, one of those loofah things. A loofah? <laughs> you know, the scrunchies shower things. When, yeah, right when it fell apart after a month, they're like, oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's put this on Nick Cage's head. Get some hot glue. Yeah. This is a... Yeah, 2007. I, I, I have to... Oh, that's what I should check and see where in Nick Cage's career is this. Because I think that's mm. always important. I to, think this uh, is the beginning of the downslide. Like it was so getting too. there. I think this is, he had a bunch of back to back that seemed like they could have been good and then ended no. up being really bad. Like this is one of them. I think Knowing was around this time too, which is a disaster of a movie, but <laughs> like it had a, a bigger budget and a good cast. Yeah, we got, we got, um, well, actually, 2007 was Ghost Rider, which I feel like was <laughs> maybe a success. 2007 was National Treasure Book of Secrets. I think Ghost Rider was a bad one. That was another bad one. But then I think you're right. After this, we get into Bangkok Dangerous, Knowing. Uh, we do have Bad Lieutenant, uh, which... Uh, and then and Bad then... Lieutenant Tokyo Drift, which is <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> is that like bad grandpa? What was bad lieutenant? Oh, this is a big one. It's like uh, bad this, is, this is uh, bad lieutenant colon port of call New Orleans is a, a game. <laughs> I know, right? Sounds like a video game. It's a Werner Herzog movie. Oh my god! Okay, and. I guess exhibit stars in it. I have not seen it yet. This is this is uh one of our maybe top three most requested movies. Oh, uh, that's because coming he, up soon. it's so crazy pants. I've never seen it, but he has a it, he's very crazy in this movie. Um, well, so, guys, guys, yes, yeah. take us back on track. Back Wait, on track. Hold on, hold on, hold what on. See, we cut the chit chat a hole. All right, thank you. So, all right, we he runs from the cops, does his yeah. whole ninja thing he's like hiding this is very cool wait we got a fun. clip show us the clip show oh, us we the got clip. a clip we got a clip Go i got this clips. this is a very boring clip and i got this clip on purpose because it is boring and this is <laughs> uh, post minority uh, report nope close it's it's just i have to yep don't oh, mind chris no. don't mind <laughs> it is every fucking I clip are we just... cycling through come on chris i come know on. It's, oh, it's, no. it's not professional guys it's not My professional <laughs> So you can at least see his outfit if you haven't watched this movie. One of his two outfits in the film. Ruffled shirt, bad hair. Just so slick. He's right next to you. $10 slots, aisle 14. Synchronized move with all of voice to men. <laughs> yeah. Look, there we shuffled as slowly You're as out. we could. Turn around. Just this is so much of the movie is people like fast walking through different segments, different <laughs> like it's power really walking. A power walking. And so the reason I got this clip is because it reminded me of a much better scene that was also done before this, which is the scene from Minority Report. When did you seen that movie already where they go through the mall and there's like the balloons? It's the same exact premise, which the, one of the people could tell the future. So they're like trying to dodge people and they have to do it at the exact right time. It's the exact same yeah. thing. It's oh, much more interesting. Based on Philip K. Dick also. Ooh, good Philip point. Philip K. Dick. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So he does this thing, and then we get to the best part of the whole movie. Fucking Columbo shows up. Best Wait, part uh, of the movie. There's, there's a car chase before that. Where he hits he hits Right the, before that. <laughs> he hits the train, uh, but he's like, just kidding, didn't hit the train. Yeah, he hits a train. I wish I wish I got a clip of the train oh, crash. Oh, whatever. He hits right, that whatever. train, and then he he's like, just kidding, I'm going to go a little faster and not hit the yeah. train. That was a foreshadow of the ending. Like, oh. This thing, nope. <laughs> no. Nope. JK, not doing it. JK. Uh. So, all right. So he, he shows up in a garage. Weirdly, uh, his like mentor figure is played by Peter Falk, aka Columbo. And he just has one scene in this fucking movie, and that's it. He's exactly the same character Robert Duvall plays in Gone in 60 Seconds. Yes. It's the exact exactly. same okay. setup. It's a car garage, too. He's fixing cars for no friggin' reason. And then he's like, he's just holding a wrench like a, a Playboy photo shoot. Like, I, I'm working. <laughs> and then he's like, I got you two sandwiches. And he's like, Sam, that's $20,000. Like, aren't they going to explain us what the sandwich system they have going is? But no. 
Is it his dad? What is this? What is happening? Who is that? There, there's a lot of a lot of characters who have no motivation in this movie. Just no no explanation. They they really they really don't do over explaining in this movie, and I give them some credit for that because so many movies do. Yeah. Um. All right. One of the coolest things I think in the whole movie happens at this point. Yes, I think it's cool. Is when uh, Julian Moore tracks him down, and they have the whole conversation that never happens. Yes, and um, that there's a couple scenes in this movie that are unintentionally unintentionally huge laughs. I think um, what one of them being this scene where uh, Nicolas Cage tells Peter Falk, uh, you know, can you give us two minutes or whatever? Like, can you give us a minute? Or he says like. I'll give you a minute. I don't know what the heck it was. <laughs> but he walks away so slowly, it's like a, a sight gag. <laughs> it's a sight gag. It's like, I'll leave you. I'll leave you two alone. I really wanted him to come back and be like, and another thing. <laughs> Does she want a sandwich? All right. Nah. And they hold the camera on him so long as he's so like, long. Uh. Like, well, we got Columbo. We might as well get him on screen as much as we can. As if to say, guys, this is the last chance you're going to see Columbo. Yep. <laughs> uh, 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 I'll, give you a, I'll give you a minute in 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, then I think another funny thing was just the gag of uh, when it pops back to, um, to him after he has a conversation with Julia Moore. And he's like, you're right. I got to go. And he just runs out the door. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this where you work? You want to, you want to, you want to finish up? Oh, okay, yeah. so I just googled this because I, I really, I, I, this is, this is, this is some real stale trivia, real stale Ooh. trivia for uh, Columbo fans. But I was like, I wonder why one of his eyes just looks a little different. It's than a glass you. eye. He, he's got a glass eye. Yeah. Idea. Peter Falk, he's had a glass eye since Columbo. That's why I said it's stale tea. Stale tea here, but tea. I'm excited. <laughs> Speaking of tea, we are like yeah. ten minutes into this film. That is it. Like we have not passed the ten minute. Chris, I, a I half I, hour I, into the show. I feel like what you're saying is. What do you say? We cut the chit chat a hole. <laughs> I really appreciate you're using uh, this uh, this uh, this thing, but I gotta tell you, you keep using the same ones. Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. All right, that didn't really work. Okay, you're saying we should look two minutes into the future. (laughs) (laughs) We're going through this movie two minutes at a time, and then we're... All right, let's go. All right, so we go go to the diner scene, which is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which is where Nick Cage... Oh, so there's this whole thing. He has this, like, premonition about meeting Jessica Biel, and that's, like, the only time he can see more than two minutes of the future, so he's obsessed with, like, I gotta go to the diner every day at this specific time, because that's the time she walks in, and then finally, on this day, she walks in, (laughs) and it's Jessica Biel, and she's meeting up with her ex-boyfriend, played by a guy whose name I forget, but Anders from Battlestar Galactica, if that's a uh, cultural reference that you care for. I was like, I know he looks familiar, but Chris figured it out. This um, movie, this this part of the movie too was like, oh my so god! Funny. And he was so he just staring at her like, oh my god, gawking. Like, and she's used to it. I mean, this is real life for actual Jessica Biel. Like that is her life. You know what I mean? She goes places and people fucking gawk at her. I imagine, right? That's how life is for women, right? Well, and also she's famous and very attractive. Yeah. 
So it's like, I don't think, yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, it's like, man, it's fucked up. Anyway, I don't know. I don't so, think a woman was anywhere near her dialogue in, in writing it. I think <laughs> it was like a, a men's only weekend retreat, like no women in the vicinity at all, at all when they wrote her responses and her, and her dialogue for that. It's like, guys, guys, this is where the romance is. So how about he just looks at her, you know, because he, she's his destiny. So he stares at her. And he just doesn't look away ever. <laughs> and you can tell she's uncomfortable, but <laughs> keep looking. So, oh, wait, did I freeze again? Are you kidding me? Uh-oh. Yeah, but you're cute. Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good pose. All right, all right. Again, if you you guys can still hear me, I'll keep chatting. Oh yeah, you sound great. All right, so we uh we go to the scene where like he's basically wants to go pick up Jessica Biel, right? And um, he tries all sorts of pickup lines. The advantage of his power being that he can try every pickup line, (laughs) which isn't creepy at all. It's pretty hilarious. And I like, I like though. After she kept trying, after he kept trying, she just looks at him and she's like, "Don't try, just stop." Yeah, I thought that was (laughs) good. That was the only one I bought. (laughs) Like he's about to get up, she's like, "You are twenty years older than me. Leave me alone." But, like, not just that. There's something that was so re- reviling about this this combo. It, it, like, surpassed age. It was just this very strange, very strange man. I mean, we all like Nick Cage, but if you didn't know Nick Cage, if he was a stranger, he'd either be a very nice misfit guy or possibly a weirdo, you know? Yeah, you can't really tell by looking at him. Like, no. <laughs> he's a slow, he's definitely like a slow burn friend where you're yeah. like, I like this guy after a year. You're like, yeah, he's yeah. cool. He's the, he's the one where your, your friend you haven't talked to in a long time is dating someone new. And you, see a, <laughs> you see a picture of them together and you're like, he must be really great. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't, he, wow, okay, okay. He I, must be fantastic i guess i think to 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 your point there are some 20 year age difference characters or actors that would have worked in this situation yeah yeah it wouldn't have been such a whoa (laughs) i think it's almost like a regular thing in some in some movies and you don't even notice it because they pick the right people but here no not at all there's no chemistry at all (laughs) yeah did uh did you show the clip yet chris the where he gets where he tries to pick up lines oh yeah let's try it out let's check out that Mm, clip get ready all right here is a, a famous clip. You're hurting me. Kendall, I think you're having another off day. Who the hell are you? I'm her future. Ugh. Really? <laughs> Hi, my name's Chris. So creepy. So he, he dodges the punches in this version. You okay, Kendall? Mm-hmm. Wait for the magic trick. See, the thing it's gonna is, be a magic trick. I don't know the reason why. Now listen, I think it's only fair that you pay for the ladies' breakfast. What are you having? He kept those quarters in his pocket all day. I can pay for my own breakfast. That's all I could think about. You know what? (laughs) You two work things out. Just feels like not having it. You're hurting me. Try again. I think you're having another off He still uses this line, which is dumb. I'm her future. Ugh. Really? <laughs> Take that, not <laughs> Dane Cook. Oh, yeah, sock to the face. 
And this is after quite a few attempts. Like the well, the only thing that eventually works is getting punched in the face by fucking Anders from Battlestar. Yeah, he went with yeah. the the Marty or the the George McFly approach. The poor me. You, you get injured bird watching at someone's house. Basically, what he's doing because he was being a creeper and he threw himself in front of the car, which is that guy's fist. Yeah. And it's a time travel movie. This is Back to the Future all over again. Yeah, he's a creep from the beginning. Even later on, when he's like, "No, I'm not a, I'm not a sociopath. I'm not a creep." Like, well, I got the evidence here. Everything you did is pretty creepy, man. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> like, something really a, a creepy undertone to this whole scene that just kind of goes like right under the radar. He is lying to her the entire yeah. time. He sits down. And he's like, "I got to go to Flagstaff. There was never anything uh, in Flagstaff." Yeah. What was he, he, he just wanted to go to Flagstaff because that's where she was going? He knew she was going in that direction. That's why he wanted to go to Flagstaff. Is that it's fucked just, up? We, he, I guess they wanted us to think it was okay because he just happens to be psychic and a, a stalker takes a little more effort. Yeah. <laughs> like a little bit more. <laughs> like a stalker would do a lot of pre-work. He just doesn't have to do that work. So he's just a stalker with less effort. Great. He How even, romantic. <laughs> he like even lies to get pity from her. He says his car was stolen. He like, oh, the my pity. car was like, what? He no, he stole like... a car. You stole a car. Yeah. You're oh, so the one who His stole car, the car was technically stolen. It was a stolen car. Ooh. Not a lie. <laughs> this, so this reminds me a little of, um, I'm maybe jumping a gun a little bit, but, uh, uh, Renny, did you see Watchmen, the TV show? No, I know it's great. Oh, okay, so there's I without I don't want to spoil too much for you, but there's a character in it who can see. I I mean, all right, so oh, fuck, I don't want to spoil it. No, all right, it's anyway, a there's, named, a char- uh, there's a guy named Doctor Manhattan from the comic book whose superpower is he can see all of time, all of time. Yeah. Like he sees his own life before it's happening. So he's he's yeah. this guy kind of. And we see that he's a, in a relationship with someone in the show, and like, how do you have a relationship with someone who can see? Yeah all of the future like it's like how do you have a real relationship with someone who's not on the same level with you in terms of space and time like that seems right. fucking hard they never tackled the depressing like ennui that he must face every day <laughs> you know like i would have loved the scene where he goes into like watch tv and you see him just about to turn it on and then he and just like, doesn't nah. turn on nothing's on you know because he already knows because right. he checked every channel yeah That'd be weird. he does have the look though yeah <laughs> like his default face is that. It's like oh. Meg had the greatest made, joke during. This. I know. I was like, I made a joke during this, which is that Nicholas Cage is Doctor Staten Island in this, but I don't know if that really resonates. As well. He's not Doctor. I thought it did. I thought that was funny. All right, let's skip ahead. All right, so they're they're going to. Oh, am I freaking frozen again? Uh, no. What's going on with the game? Frozies? I'll have to come take a look at it. I guess at some point. I need it might be. Support. It might be the. It might be the port you have your your camera plugged into. All right, I'm gonna try plugging it into. Uh, that. So, so yeah, they come. Julian Moore falls in this diner. They question the guy at the diner, and they're. I don't know why I thought this was funny, but the guy at the diner had like like a little like. Are the cameras inside? He goes, no. How about outside? Uh, no. Like, oh, he was the best thing in the movie. Okay. That was great. He had his regulars. Yeah. Oh, we got the lady who always uh, counts her. She weighs her dressing. <laughs> like, I wonder, the best. do you think they just were like, hey, improvise a couple of regulars for us? And they Possibly kept... because it was pretty well written. Yeah. Maybe it was improvised. It wasn't part of the, uh, no. <laughs> the, the writer's... Uh, 
I think maybe. What, do you think? And you might know more about this because you're an actor. But um, <laughs> do you think? Do you think that uh, improv and film, like I know that's a very common thing now. It's like oh, improvise these lines. Do you think in 2007 that was as common a thing? Perhaps with comedy only. Hmm. I wonder. I, I don't know. I wonder if they even do that in more dramatic or action films. Who knows? If it's a big star, they probably let him. <laughs> I know that I know that we've had a lot of instances where Nicolas Cage's lines were improvised in, in movies. I know that there's a lot of uh, a lot of documented stuff of that. The only um, one I think he improvised in this film was like when they went to the Native American reservation and he's like, Oh no. I want to meet the shaman. <laughs> that was such a plot hole. I'm like, um, is Jessica Beale native? Is is Nicolas Cage native because he looks like he's in brownface? <laughs> I, I thought, I thought that's might that might have been where it was going. They went yeah. overboard like, with the bronzer, and you just you don't know what's going on anymore. I don't know. I don't know. And so this is a real place, by the way. The where they go is Havasu Falls in, mm. uh, which is near the Grand Canyon, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty. Have you been there? No, just I've never been there, but it looks gorgeous and. What's interesting is that to get there today, and I don't know if this was the case, you know, 14 years ago, you have to hike for 10 miles. Like you have to get a permit and it's very restricted and you hike for 10 miles to get to this waterfall. So they just sort of fucking like drove there with a camera crew. I don't, I don't know. Maybe things have changed. But, but Jessica Beale had to hike 10 miles to teach her students every day. I bet it's changed. I bet it's like, it got more popular and they were like, nah, let's, let's make, make people work for this. But After that, that, next. People were flocking. <laughs> they were like, oh, there's a waterfall near Vegas. Oh, I'm in. Like, let's go find it. But like, she Dude. didn't even go there to teach that day. She went there to drop off a birthday present. That was it. That was, oh if, man. If anything, the, the white... children were teaching her how to speak some other language. That was. <laughs> that was such a white savior thing. Like, yeah. oh, she said one of our words. A, a bronzed person saved yeah. <laughs> like the only person the only reason that's in there is just to be like oh jessica veal is a good person just yeah. in case you didn't know that yeah that was her you rub your nose in. oh man and before right. this if we didn't get in this before this they introduced yeah. the bad guys oh who are the, the most worst bizarre. worst written bad guys i've ever seen in a movie i would say top top number one Unclear. i've never been <laughs> Like Less they are more confused. They're completely non-uniform in terms of seeming goal, motivation, uh, what nation they're from, what language <laughs> they speak. <It's> like, <laughs> what? This is like the UN of bad guys, but like with no one tying it together, no no boss. I don't even know what. Not this at was. all. I think they just said, "Well, we need terrorists, but we don't want to be racist." Okay, we're gonna make them white. Who's white? But there was a uh, whole crew of Asian guys who were actually doing all the work on the nuke. I don't know who yeah. these guys, who were those guys? Yeah, I just, okay, not Middle Eastern. So we'll get <laughs> yeah. everybody else and speak in different languages to each other. Great. There was one British guy who you're like, oh, this is the big boss man. He disappears. You never see him again in the whole movie. He's just in that one scene where they just like, I watch him dead. And that was it. You never see him again. Nope. The biggest question in the whole movie is why do these ragtag uh, group of white terrorists and some some Asian middlemen want to blow up Los Angeles? The they don't even attempt you. to make it. Like, I, I have uh, never in a movie seen like 
bad guys this thinly sketched yeah like if you think about like bad guys in a movie you almost always recognize somebody like this this uh, you know at least in Nicolas Cage movies I can't think of a movie where the bad guys are not like someone I've seen before Mm. you know or like uh, just this is yeah so random they're speaking French by the way yeah at one point I was like oh (laughs) there was too much of a cliffhanger I think too when it comes to not even a cliffhanger but like you could tell they were like they were trying to insinuate there was this big, uh, you know, overarching evil scheme happening, but we're not like almost like you don't get to know that this movie that's part of the most amazing trilogy of all time. Like yeah, it's a different the next movie. trilogy. <laughs> Thanks for next. saying cliffhanger, Chris, because that's a great transition to the next section, which I think we should talk about, which is uh, Jessica Beals and Nicolas Cage's Stevie hookup in the cliffhanger motel, the romantic getaway that they had at the cliffhanger motel, which I think is supposed to be on the side of the grand Canyon. It's a little unclear. I've uh, never been more thankful not to see a sex scene. I was so glad. <laughs> can you hit us with that clip of, uh, how he seduces her, Chris? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, this is, I apologize in advance because this might include them kissing and I got to try this that. move. That's you. You're beautiful. <laughs> so he has a paper rose. He lights it on fire. It turns into a real rose. Wow. Wow, guys. Wow. <laughs> she was stifling the laughter in that one for sure. <laughs> wow. Wow. He wants to be kissed there. Like, do that it. Incredible. <laughs> Do we got a sound for that? What do we have a sound? Damned if I didn't get really turned on. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing about this movie is it's terribly miscast, and what they kept trying to do, I think, was to lower Nick Cage's status. To try and make him more likable and make it make him like the they really they were trying to play the pity angle to the audience with him like he remember he told that story about fish falling from the sky yeah did your panties not drop when he uh... I had a motor with a capital O <laughs> <laughs> oh. um the, I I feel like this is a great. They, it was something we haven't talked about this show, but uh, a little little personal detail about Chris's life. You guys know that Chris is a trained magician. Um, oh, that's <laughs> why we like this movie so much. I wouldn't say a trained magician. I have taken some magic classes at the Magic Castle. Hopefully, not R.I.P. Uh, so, Meg, did he pull any of those moves on you? Chris is not a very. I would say Chris is not a very enthusiastic magician. Uh, I'm enthusiastic about going to the magic castle. (laughs) (laughs) That's worth it. (laughs) That was why I did the classes. It was not to learn magic, but it was also very fun. But also, yeah, it didn't turn me on. So how does this relate to uh, like this, this, this portrayal of a magician? How does that relate to the magicians that you met at the magic castle? I think there's, this is going to get deep. I think with an actual magician, there is uh, always a layer of, crippling insecurity because there's an obsession with appearances versus uh versus you know hiding what you really are because that's all magic is it's it's uh mm-hmm. it's like comedy is like this thing people do they develop almost as a 
what's the word uh deflection it's a it's a deflection method so like i think for a lot of magicians it could be that way too so uh when you talk to a magician they always kind of have like this facade up you don't really get like a good conversation mm-hmm. going with the magician so i think like it would have been great if they had like such a, a like a really deep character like that like in this movie like or somebody who like had a lot of problems because they had this terrible secret and they had developed this magician persona to try and like you know get through life and they were just trying to fly under the radar and hope nobody noticed them so they didn't go back to a lab where they were like you know dissected their whole childhood like that would have been a cool movie to say uh but yeah no he's just way too confident and like way too like pulls out the road like what the fuck was that so sparmy yeah. look at you writing a better movie there you go yeah right? it and wouldn't I, be that hard to write Randy a better will be in this it. Movie. meg will play julianne moore i will yeah. play i will play colombo <laughs> <laughs> a wig and a glass eye oh man <laughs> all we need and that's how chris lost his eye his <laughs> i'm colombo now he tried the rose trick I'm oh. Like, ah! <laughs> oh there <laughs> man so all right so yes. uh, sorry let's I just go the t- 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 no I, I i i prompted it on purpose because i care okay. let's go to this next clip because this is what happens there's like a bunch of stuff that happens there's a little chase scene julianne moore shows up with the fbi they're trying to capture him he uses <laughs> his powers to create a chain reaction rube goldberg out of nature yeah and a with- water tower and a car and a truck the final destination. Note the, the green screen here, by the way. You know you're not gonna. Yeah. cage is absolutely in front of the green screen for no good reason. So oh, that is a wig. Oh, that's totally a wig. Julianne Moore's? Yeah. You're gonna let me die. That's a wig too. Nick Cage doesn't have any scalp. It's just black. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, he could have gotten away, but he realized that she was going to die if he didn't do something. Yeah. So he, he decided to stay and save her. He's a good guy. That's when he realized the cops are good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when he's original writing, die pig runs away. Yeah. <laughs> the rewrite <laughs> saves her. <laughs> So that's how he gets captured. They put him in a little Clockwork Orange style, like uh, eyeball oh hold open thingy. Oh boy, was that uh, incongruous. <laughs> hey, just yeah. to jump back, sorry to backtrack, but do you remember when he seduces her by saying, uh, what did the, what is it? Why did the Zen master eat a hot dog or something like that? Yes, I have oh, the quote. Well. I have the quote. Okay, he says, uh, what are the a, Zen- Buddhist, a Buddhist monk orders a hot dog and he says, I'll have one with everything. But the actual joke is supposed to be, make me one with everything. Yeah. Uh, this I was is... confused. <laughs> yeah. The joke is messed up, apparently. Yeah. And nobody nobody knew. <laughs> like, nobody cared. They're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So we got, we got, um, we got this hotel there. The, then Julian Moore takes him away and like, we're supposed to like be sympath. We're supposed to think like the cops are doing the right thing here, right? Like, like we're supposed to think like, oh yeah, so just pry his eyes open and force him to do this thing. Yeah. Like, it seems like they they the movie is sort of saying like, 
look at Nick Cage's character. He's being such an asshole. He won't help out. You know? <laughs> but like what's weird about this movie is we looked at the time and this is like the movie's almost over. It's it's like it was an a real solid hour of like nothing. I guess yeah. you know, it was fun, but like they took this long to get to the point where they actually start like he just keeps running from them so many times. Like they don't start yeah. solving the problem of the bomb until like 20 minutes left of the film you know what he he really became a sims character like you just you just see your character like go around the cabin and then he drinks some juice and then he goes this way uh how did the sims talk again it's been so long ago like like nicholas cage that's how they talk they go they tell random jokes and quotes and things like that and do magic to each other yeah, hot dog, one with everything. <laughs> they so so that yeah, so they've got him. Um I don't know. There's a lot of bullshit he sees, here. Right, he, he sees Liz uh Jessica Biel blow up on a parking garage. So right. he karate chops a couple of guys with his future powers, gets out of there, runs through downtown <laughs> LA to this uh, parking garage. And then he's like, all right, I'm here now. I'll stop running. I just want to see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts going to superpower future man mode where he can like just see everything. Because apparently the, the he can see further if it has anything to do with Jessica Biel. My theory, they're related. Ooh, twins. <laughs> the, the big twist ending is they're related. <laughs> I would love that. That would be, and he's like, fade to black. The the shaman is their father. They're both Native American. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, they, 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 he gets to the roof of this building. There's a sniper waiting for him and they pull the old (laughs) switcheroo. Cause the, the bad guys know at this point, that all they have to do is plan something in the future to lure him in, which is crazy. That's a lot of uh, knowledge, yeah. They know him so well. Everybody knows Nick. <laughs> but they're not afraid of him. They're like, he can see the future. Yeah. We'll just plan something in the future to lure him in. Instead of being like, shit, he can see our every move. We're fucked. <laughs> which is know. what ends up happening pretty much. Well, sort yeah. of. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, so they all end up at this like dock in long beach or some shit <laughs> as far away from the from the city yeah still with that shot of the city in the back <laughs> bad guys Which, in long beach another parallel to gone in 60 seconds yeah gone in 60 seconds mo- a big part of it takes place at like a warehouse on oh, long, yeah. in long beach on the dock i mean they got places fast they went from vegas to havasu to long beach yep <laughs> all of which were That's big the- bear we, yeah, we, pretty we, much. They went oh, from Vegas to Big Bear to downtown LA to Long Beach. I guess that makes more sense. That's yeah, a lot good. of this movie was filmed in Big Bear and like in the mountains around there. Like the whole uh, the cliffhanger hotel is a is a restaurant near Crestline, California, which is near this Big Bear. Huge, huge cabin, fully stocked. Yep. Like, oh man, the roads closed. We have to stay at some shithole. Good thing that, that, that place has, looks amazing. I would stay there. Like bl- fresh blood oranges and <laughs> what is going on? But also, like the outside of that building, there couldn't have been more than two rooms the size of that friggin' room. So, like, yeah. what the hell? Cabin. Yeah. I'm sure there's a pretty high demand considering like everyone who comes to that stop has to turn around and he's sending yep. them all to the same place. Like, what the hell? Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, right. then Fr- we're, we're at French, the warehouse. French bomb lady comes out and starts oh. pff, pff, lining up the bombs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> French bomb lady. Yeah. And, and then he can see it because he sees the future. He knows that if that person walks, if the guy he's with, like, again, there is so much walking around this warehouse in lines of people. Like the oh. good guys are walking around in line. The bad guys have just the beal and they're walking around in line. It's just like, walk, walk, walk. Nick Cage walk, 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 walk. doesn't have any guns. He walks just confidently in the crowd because he knows he's never going to die. And he's just like, <gasps> his power walking through the, the bullets. Yeah, he's playing Goldeneye with, <laughs> with no gun, just going through. There was something about this that was like another opportunity they missed, like was he's experiencing all these deaths and it, like that could really weigh on a person. Oh, you know, People that's more interesting. Yeah. Like, because you could see like, like he goes, oh, because he got blown up and that's why he knows it's going to blow up somebody. Like <laughs> he's walking all of a sudden, remember he just goes, oh. <laughs> He's like, don't go that way. I just blew up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Like, if you're seeing yourself die constantly, you're seeing all your friends die constantly, like, that's going to fuck you up. They never play with that. He should be like a total deranged alcoholic a la leaving Las Vegas. It should be. That must be why he smokes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there was one part where Jessica Beale's like, um, you know, life should be surprising. And then like, he goes, yeah, it'd be nice if it was. Do you remember that? I don't. In the car, she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you should just be surprised sometimes by life. He goes, yeah, that would be nice. It's like, oh, my oh, yeah. God, that's terrible. What a thought. Like, what a terrible right. life this man has. But they never even go into that at all. They, <laughs> they oh, keep it horrible. light. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. I want to show one more. Or we have two clips. Yes. Let's, let's and to, this is Chris's favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I love this part of the movie. <laughs> So he's trying to find Jessica Biel, I think, or something. I don't know. He's, he's like, you guys take this deck. I'll take the rest. And he does this. <laughs> yes. He's splitting himself into multiple cages. So good. Just cage after cage after cage. <laughs> oh, my God. What's hilarious is he is sending multiple cages to the same place. <laughs> like, look, like, there's two there. Like, why do you need to send five to the same balcony? Anyway, there's two guys right there. I love that, though. Ooh, good reference. I got that reference. Fantasia. Yes. Oh, that is, Renny, that is, wow. That is a really good reference. Well, I was just going to say Sims again, so I'm glad I thought of something else. You dug a little deeper and you got Fantasia. Oh. I need I need to have like a congratulatory uh, cl- uh, soundboard. I was like, what what could I say that would say like that was a good reference? But I don't really bees, have the bees. <laughs> you could say bravo. <laughs> See, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's not going to be very useful. When he says bravo at face off, bravo, bravo. Remember? Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. Chris, I'm going to need you to reference uh, bunnies and peaches. Uh, and the Declaration of Independence, so I can use the soundboard clips. Man, that's your almost July. I know what happened. Steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even almost July at all. Uh, I wish it was. All right. Oh, so oh, I also, uh, yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, I was just gonna wrap it up with the last clip. But you have a thought before we get there? Well, we have those posters. We can talk about that before we wrap it up. Let's talk about posters after. Um, okay. So. Then we get to the final scene of the movie, which is 
the most did you guys did you see i I mean chris obviously did but ren did you see this twist coming and how did it make you feel i didn't and i appreciated it because (laughs) i was so disturbed by the idea of having a sex scene and what happened like what he saw during the sex or after the sex is as horrible as (laughs) as the sex scene would be if we saw it like, I don't want to. I don't want to like just spoil it, but we're, I guess we're already spoiling the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead and show the clip, Chris, because I think we might so, as well like, talk about it. What you're saying is you wish it had reversed to just before the sex, so it just <laughs> well, erased we never, it. <laughs> well, we never saw it, so it's like, what's something horrible? Watching Los Angeles blow up or this terrible sex scene? <laughs> These are both horrible things, and I think. It was very funny to me that they occurred at the same time. Like, yeah, that's about right. right. <laughs> well, here's the ending of the movie, guys. <laughs> we saw <wrong>. that. <laughs> I made a mistake. What? I made a mistake. And we'll never it's know what that when. was. When? Now. up and he's back at the cliffhanger the yes. funniest thing all right so the end of this movie literally is the hotels in the background and the sign for the hotel says cliffhanger and the movie's a fucking cliffhanger oh god that was dumb yep that was a big old pile of crap oh i loved it it was lovable crap but oh my god so the whole movie didn't happen. For, I mean, for, you know, like up to the the second half of the movie did not happen. It was just a fast forward and Nikesh was having in his mind. And now he's going to do it right. No, he's but not. What's the mistake? <laughs> he's not going to do it right. He can't. He actually can't because he threw away his one tool to do so, which was Jessica Biel. He said, I don't <laughs> want you involved. The only way he can actually see into the future that far is when Jessica uh, Biel is involved. Oh, so Ooh. we need to have more sex with her that we don't see, hopefully. The only way and... to save the world is to throw her into danger constantly. <laughs> That's it. It's a great point, Chris. You have to keep her in harm's way or else the you know, future- Every relationship has their own thing, you know, however it works. I'm not here to judge. It Who been are great. we? It would yeah. have been great if at the end of this movie, He's like, I'm sorry. And he walks over to that sniper that they just that just disappeared. The one that was pointing at the building. You know, he just walked out and the sniper was gone. But he walks out to the sniper with Jessica Biel says, here, take her. She'll be a good <laughs> hostage. And just like sends her on her way with them. And then she finds out where the nuke is. <laughs> She's like a bomb sniffing dog. Yeah. They just <laughs> move her around with a leash. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God, this movie. All right. Guys, we did it. We made it through the plot of this movie. <laughs> let's let's check in with our bingo card, Chris. All right, let's look at the bingo card. See how we're doing. I oh. know we got a couple. Now, Renny, you haven't seen this before. We've had a, quite a few movies on here. Uh, and we have yet to get a bingo. This is oh. several movies. But I do think we can throw a few things on here. For one, he smoked in this movie. So, boom, smoking. 
Uh, we also have a car chase. We sure do. Um, that might be it, though. I think that's it. I mean, there wasn't really a heist, right? What are the other ones? He- oh, okay. Do we have Fancy Undercover Cage? No. No. Well, he put a hat on. <laughs> he yeah. put a straw hat on. That's undercover. It's a, it's a very specific thing we're looking for. It's like this like fancy, pretentious voice he puts on. Uh, which has come up in several movies. We we went real specific with this, and it's sure biting us in the ass. Wait, not not native English speaking love interest. She does speak some other language during the film. Yeah, but Jessica, (laughs) Jessica Beale, come on. All right, guys, we don't have a bingo. We got two new ones. I'll take it. Let's let's uh bop on over to the trivia. I do have a couple pieces of trivia for you guys. Thank you. Sound cue. All right. Did you guys know that this in May 2006, there was a mini series on stars, the channel that's, that's how called <laughs> looking for stars, which had, it was a competition to get to the, the competition show to get a speaking role in the movie. Next, there were 200 contestants and one guy named Marcus Welch won a speaking role. He is not on the IMDb. I could not figure out who he was what? in this movie, but he won this reality show. I guarantee you. He won the cutting room floor role. No, I guarantee you. You know who he was, right? Who was he? He must have been the diner owner. No, he uh, is definitely an African-American man. Let me pull uh, him up again. I could not remember there being one person of color in this movie except for now, other than Julianne Moore's. Um, oh, maybe he was. We knew he would die. We knew he would die. <laughs> oh, his part her partner. It could have been her partner. Yeah, it does. It's a younger guy. Oh, it could, uh, oh, that's a pretty major role to get from. A oh TV no, show. I think that's somebody named Tori Kittles. Oh, that's yeah. a good name. God, I think I, now, I, now I'm a terrible person. I'm like I can't remember a single person of color. One of the main characters is son of a bitch. Yeah, I do think that's it. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, some good that's it for him. He didn't even make him out the IMDb page. So, wow, how generous! I know. Ours. Good job. <laughs> All right. So it was Here's like they're one. American Idol. Jeez. <laughs> they uh, the diner that they showed in this was also the diner used in the movie Triple X. Yeah, okay. Pam, Pat's, Pam's. What's the one? It's Pans. In, yeah, by the airport. Yes, P A N N S. Pans. That place looked like yeah. It looked fun. I go there. Um, uh, it was Nicholas Ke- Nicholas Cage's idea that his character be a Las Vegas magician, and it was also his idea that Jessica Biel's character took it had a job that took her to a Native American reservation at the Grand Canyon. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Why? Who knows? And uh, one of the villains, the, I think the main guy played by an actor named Enzo Salente, uh, is dubbed. By a British actor. <laughs> so the guy with the British accent just straight up dubbed. <laughs> I'm that, surprised I didn't I didn't notice that. I didn't notice either. <laughs> that was a pretty seamless uh was it ADR? Is that what it's called? We have a voice seamless actor dub. on the show tonight, so I'm I'm asking. Like, for- <laughs> yeah, they did a good job. <laughs> and that's what I got. Let's uh rank this movie. All right, it's time. <laughs> I'm confident that this will not be the worst movie for sure. It cannot be. 
It's going to be pretty high. We'll see. But is it going to beat Moonstruck, our current number one? Seems doubtful. Highly doubtful. All right, ready. So the way this works is this is going to be out of 10, uh, 10 being the highest, and uh, we will talk you through each category. So the first category is the cast of the movie. So like how excited were you to see the different people in it? How well cast do you think it was? You know, just general thoughts on that. And if you want, if you want, we can, we can go first and you can hop in either way. It's fine. Uh, <coughs> it's hard to say because I like the individual people, <laughs> but like, I think Julianne Moore did her, did the best she could do. She uh, sure I did. I don't know if the direction was an issue, but some of the acting sucked. And I think those actors are better than what they showed us. <laughs> um, I kind of want to say five because they. That feels I, middle of the road to me. I feel like that's like, reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Julianne Moore was as good as she could be with the crappy dialogue and Nicolas Cage. I mean, he played the, Bassett hound in the rain like that's I think that's what we were supposed to see <laughs> I think he could have been better so I'm really middle of the road here I think Jessica Biel was terrible but her lines were awful so I, <laughs> it's it's a little hard to gauge there and we'll have a set and there's the next one is is more acting specific oh, um, too, so we'll dig into that as well um all right Chris what you got uh yeah you got Beal you got Julianne Moore uh you got Colombo Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got. Uh, I recognize the dude who was the uh, the head of security at the casino. He was. Uh, oh, he was. In oh my god! Can we? Can I just uh, interrupt and say? Of course. I had, a huge, I had a huge laugh when they brought the casino people in. The FBI called the casino people in, and they said, "Get me casino security." Like, like that's the name of this nondescript casino. <laughs> we need casino security. <laughs> we never knew the name of it. Yeah. He, also, like one of the guys pulls, or it was Julia Moore pulls her badge. It says FBI, and it's like, it's like let's not make this a pissing contest. Like, like the casino's got some kind of jurisdiction. <laughs> the casino guys. <laughs> casino. <laughs> casino oh. security. Oh God. <laughs> Well, I think I'm going to give a single point to each of the people I recognize in this movie and give it a four. Oh, I was going to say four as well yeah. for the acting. Oh, this is just oh, for oh, So still we're still on, on cast. We're, you're still on cast. Oh, okay. we're, 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 we're lagging behind. Sorry. All right. I'm also going to give it a four. I was excited to see Michael Trucco, a.k.a. Anders from Battlestar, Julianne Moore, Peter Falk, and every time i don't know it was fine it was fine all right how good was the acting and this is this is a weird one Renny, because it's not nick cage this is everyone else's acting everyone else. i we set this up this way for some fucking reason and we have okay. made our bed i don't think okay. it makes sense but yeah everyone else is acting i'm gonna say four because it's it's a little worse than middle of the road yeah <laughs> like... all right it's bugging me so i just want to find out who this actor was uh <laughs> who plays the head of C uh, casino security oh casino security <laughs> uh jose, jose zuniga yeah and uh, i'm like where do I he was a one of the main characters in one of the recent seasons of the expanse which i just watched that's why i <laughs> recognize him 
All right, so a four for acting. For me, uh, I'm going to go even lower and give it a three. Cause, uh, yeah, I was <laughs> I was also going to say three. I swear I'm not just copying yours, Chris. No, that, that this acting was hardcore bad. <laughs> All right. Bad out of lines. 10, how f- out of 10, how fun was this movie? Ooh. Oh, God. 8.5? <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it had. I had fun. I agree. Like, I had fun. I had a lot of good uh, car chases, good sequences with the his powers I thought were cool. So I'm also I'm also going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it a seven. I think there were some points that dragged a little bit. There's a lot of, again, walking around in lines. Um, <laughs> hey, I have a sound clip. You're not having any fun, are you, Sean? <laughs> i don't know i don't could figure out a way to work it in we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna get smooth around these all right technical this is uh sets uh special effects <laughs> costumes music wigs, all of that um i'll give it a six because the direction was good it moved really cool um the music was pretty awesome <laughs> and uh uh, I mean, the CG was funny, but I've seen worse. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you said six, right? Yeah. Sorry, I like my brain farted there. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Renny on this for all the same reasons. <laughs> the same. I'm gonna give it a five, a little bit less. Five. I don't know. I think some of the, a lot of the some of the green screen stuff was really obvious to me, and for no yes. good reason. Um, and the wig, just the wigs. Not a good way. Julianne Moore's wig was good. All right. Overall, out of 10, how much did you enjoy this movie? <laughs> the look on your face right now is great. It's tough. It's a real tough one. And it doesn't need to be the average of your scores above. It's just whatever your gut says. I'm going to say seven. <laughs> okay. That's really funny. That's the number I had in my head, too. Seven. Yeah, because it's not, I, I enjoyed it. Doesn't mean it was good. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I this is my second time through. Five years from now, I wouldn't mind watching this again. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm gonna say six. I didn't hate it. I certainly wasn't unpleasant to watch. I think there was some of the <laughs> plot holes and like oh man, inconsistent. Just the lack of character development on many of the characters was confusing to me. But you know, I didn't hate it. It wasn't you know. It wasn't unpleasant. All right. This last section, we can popcorn whoever wants to say something. This is just a plus or minus one point for something in particular that you liked or disliked about this movie. Like you can subtract a point if the, uh, mm. you know, 20 year age difference really fucking killed it for you. <laughs> or It was just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the sex was so good. It blew up Los Angeles. I'm, I'm trying to play, like, <laughs> maybe that's what happened <laughs> here i will i will add a point i uh did i i know this um would probably be controversial but i took i appreciate that they made a big swing with the ending and mm-hmm. they did something unusual they did yeah they, I, totally. I thought it didn't totally work but they fucking went there and i thought that was cool mm-hmm. good good effort a for effort um i i want to subtract 0. 0.5 for <laughs> having a terrible head of the FBI. He was the embodiment of a self-tape. Like, his suit didn't make sense for an FBI director. <laughs> he didn't sound that urgent that the um, entire county of Los Angeles was going to blow up. 
it was very it was very expositiony and first audition <laughs> like no, no, and then no, Julianne was, Moore just was just like I wish you were a better actor <laughs> like none of those people sold the situation enough to like they get did past not it. sell it <laughs> so I think this guy who, who you're talking about is the I think they credit him as the NSA director and he was a guy named Jim Beaver who has actually had a ton, <laughs> ton of roles Jim he was Beaver. in the he was uh, in The okay, Boys. Okay. He was in Supernatural. Um, that's like a lot of, you know, like NCIS, that kind of stuff. But he's a wow. big part. Oh, he's a huge role in Justified too. So this guy's, this guy's been around. Well, so it doesn't explain Deadwood. Huge 35 episodes of Deadwood. Really? Well, this, this guy's been in a lot. Post, this is all pre this movie. I mean, post this movie. So maybe. Yeah. Was- so. Things got better. Yeah. This movie was just like, okay, today I just got this audition. Uh, I'm reading for the FBI director. Um, We have a nuclear bomb in Los Angeles. Uh, Better get it. (laughs) It's like, sir, we're out of ideas. I only have one left. We got to call a fortune teller. (laughs) What? Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> well, I got no ideas. Do it. Yeah. That's this movie. Like, that is this fucking movie. You know, I thought of something when you were talking. Like, do you think the end of this movie is he dies and he goes to his happiest memory and that's it? <gasps> yeah, that's it. I like that. <laughs> I really like that, Chris. <laughs> that's a weird one. I'm going to give it plus one. Uh, for something that Rennie said earlier, which was the the unintentional moments of comedy in this film, <laughs> <laughs> like when they they have they took uh, Jessica Biel aside, they they get her while she's getting coffee. Oh my god, that scene in the, in the car. She's in the car, and they you have this reaction shot where Jessica Biel does the worst acting I've ever seen in my whole life, where she's like, "Oh my god, he's a murderer!" Like it's like <laughs> so terrible. That moment was like so good. But did it did it make you laugh as much as both of them smiling at each other like we're the same? Yeah. Because I teach Native Americans and you're part of I'm the FBI. Oh yeah, okay. we're the only two named female actors in this whole movie. <laughs> That's it. There was just those two. Then there was French bomb lady who I don't know if I've had a name <laughs> besides French bomb lady. <laughs> oh God! All right, we got the scores. <laughs> Let, let's uh oh, oh wait hold on before we go oh the, i'm looking at the i'm to beat the the terrorists are all credited as mr jones miss brown mr green mr white really okay so, so like Weird they just made up fake reservoir, names reservoir dogs that shit all right they were like so, oh shit we forgot to name these people <laughs> yep <laughs> let's make it cool reservoir dogs it Let's 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 see where this lands. I'm guessing this is solid middle of the road, maybe <laughs> above the halfway point. Take us away, Chris. 14. Uh, 14. Okay, maybe not. Right next to leaving Las Vegas and right above 8 millimeter. <laughs> wow, okay, this is not a good not a good uh score. I thought it would do better than this, but I'm looking uh, at the, I'm looking at the names and I agree with this score. I agree with it. I think it's better than eight millimeter, but not as good as Vampire's Kiss. Not as good as. <laughs> Is it better than National Treasure? I don't know. I, I I think National Treasure may be an underrated movie on our list. Our guest, I think, 
No, Will didn't. Will didn't really bomb it though. I don't know. It's it's definitely a sleeper on our. We list. were just grumpy about National Treasure for yeah. sure. <laughs> we spent like too long talking about it, and we're just like, "Fuck this fucking movie!" All right, so we uh, have ranked this movie. Let's. It's, it's number fourteen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it's it. Time that's for the I cage got. gauge. It's a two-axis plot that shows uh, Cage's acting ability versus his quintessential Cage brand craziness. Uh, When I say Cage craziness, I mean that that particular Cage crazy, not he plays a crazy or mentally ill character. It's someone, you know, that that Cage yelling random lines being crazy Cageness. So Zeus's butthole. Exactly. That is an example. (laughs) So out of 10, what would you give Cage in terms of craziness in this film? He had so many opportunities for crazy mm. that he didn't, he didn't take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say two. Like it was so restrained and phoned in. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go zero on this one. Maybe I'm gonna give it a one just because. I, I actually, I don't know. I'm gonna give it a one for that one magic trick because it was like, ah, right, it's a little weird. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a a two for some of the weird stunts he did in terms of like. When he splitting jumped. up and like oh i'm gonna get punched in the face remember when he just straight yeah. up jumps off that cliff oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> just for no reason Whee! that was pretty good <laughs> all uh, right acting uh, i'm gonna guess we're all fairly low on this one only cage is acting only his yeah. is acting out of 10 four four Ooh, very generous <laughs> uh, i i think think he was not acting at all when he was staring at Jessica Biel during this film. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a two. This was a rough one, guys. I think you're I think you're being very nice, Sam, in this. This is uh, just like... So, so we are in no man's land. I am her future. This film is, is right in the worst quadrant of the cage gauge, which is the less crazy bad acting quadrant. You don't want to be in that one because that's just a shit movie. Uh, you compare it to some of the other ones that are in that quadrant. You got the worst movie on our list, USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. Uh, is it right on top of Ghana? No, the one that's right on top of is National Treasure. Uh, the God, one I love the this formula you have uh, so quickly calculated. Eight millimeter is, is in that corner too. You got uh, <laughs> you got the, the family man. Uh <laughs> So yeah, it's a real shit. It's a real shit quadrant. You don't want to be in that quadrant. <laughs> but yeah, what's weird is Moonstruck is in that quadrant. No, it's not Moonstruck. Weird. What movie is this? I have to. Uh, I have to I start labeling these. Yeah, we're, it's a lot to ask us to remember all these. Yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> so much. see Moonstruck on here. Moonstruck is that one. It, Moonstruck's in the oh, yes, crazy yes, yes, bad yeah. acting quadrant. I'm gonna have to re 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 reconnoiter my my little graphic here yeah i like your, your graph is great for the beginning and now that we're up to fucking like 20 movies it's yeah, it's, like, it's, it's crazy time just remembering <laughs> what movie it was by nick cage's face and his his face alone that's all we do <laughs> that's our goal <sighs> guys we have reached the end of the episode <laughs> so far we it. <sighs> we've made a whole journey um so ready tell us about what's going on with you your podcast anything else you want to tell the audience about I wish I had more going on, but uh, yeah, my podcast season two is wrapping up in the next few weeks. Nice. They're all a lot of fun. Um, I cut out so much of the uh, <laughs> boring exposition FBI scenes <laughs> from my podcast, unlike this movie. So, uh, <laughs> well, so so tell us a little bit about the like so it, what the premise behind it, just for for those that aren't familiar. 
Well, the incredibly loose hook, if you want to call it that at all, is that I want it to sound like private phone calls. Nice. So, so instead of saying, you know, how's your sister doing? Well, my sister who does this and does this for all of the people listening, like I, I want that cut out. <laughs> um, so but like I, a- I have to say, like almost every call, I have to stop at some point during the conversation and, and remind people, like, you don't have to... <laughs> You don't have to explain what that is. I I know your cousin. <laughs> I, I, I know them. <laughs> I, I a lot of my conversations end with me reminding them, like, I know your cousin. <laughs> so in case they forgot. Every conversation. <laughs> so that podcast is called Ring Ring. Ring Ring with Renny Rivas. It's on all the places that oh, have uh, have a streaming. On Excellent. all the podcast places. I wrote and I. I forgot to ask Renny, what happened? What, what's with the bandaid on your neck? Oh yeah, so I had a weird mole and um, the doctor just sliced it off straight away. And I love a woman who sees what she wants and she <laughs> takes it. Like, she saw it and she she took it all completely off and that's a, that's a girl boss. So, and I, I understand you'll I love be a girl boss. you'll be auctioning off that mole mm. at the next uh, on your next podcast. <laughs> I think the lab is having fun with it right now. Oh, <laughs> oh. thank thank you for the update. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> Mysterious Get your check. You might have a. An I have a mole. Cut it off for you. <laughs> oh, Chris is having a coffin fit. I feel like uh, mysterious band-aids are always a great icebreaker. That is true. I can't believe you guys saw it. It's it's white person color. <laughs> How did you? <laughs> How did you see this concealed bandage? I don't. Well, um, good luck with the mole, and good luck <laughs> with the girl boss doctor. <laughs> And thank you well, so much. Well, you know, next time I'll I'll do one of uh I'll tell her I uh, she's my future. Maybe that'll seal the deal. Yes, <laughs> I'm her future. <laughs> I am her future. Ay ay ay. All right. Line. So we have reached the end of our episode. We uh, have some other things for you to check out. We uh, are we doing a virtual improv this week, Chris? No, this week we're on break for virtual improv. Coming back the week after on Friday nights oh, right. at seven p.m. Pacific on the same Woo! channel. Same channel, virtual improv this week off, next week on. Um, we yeah, are on. back next Sunday uh, for a City of Angels. We are watching that with two of my friends from Palo. Oh, my God. I am so watching that with you. I Dude, hope you do. There's more logs. There's more CG logs. There's more there's logs. More CG, there's CG logs in that movie? She gets oh, killed by a, logs. There's an important one. <laughs> Very important one. Did I just spoil oh the movie for you? God. Oh, I've seen it before. I just couldn't have been oh, so God. long. I don't care. That would that would have been bad. Yeah. I don't care. So if you were planning on watching that movie, sorry, oops, we don't care. Um, anyway, we're we we're, we are watching it with two of my friends from college, Dan Sliman and Rachel Keel. I am really hoping Rachel Keel is a musician, hoping that she will do a rendition of one or more songs from the City of Angels soundtrack. Um, and I'm excited to talk to them. They've been really excited about doing this show as so much so that they've had their own little mini Nick Cage film series and rating in preparation for this show. So bless their fucking hearts. Can't wait to have them. (laughs) Um, that's it guys. Thank you Uh, so much, Renny, for doing the show. You're awesome. This was a blast. 
thank you so much for for letting me have a reason to watch a watch a movie (laughs) (laughs) for giving me purpose during these dark times it's homework i must it's fun homework (laughs) it's like a job almost yeah that like structure memories (laughs) well we will be back next week thanks again right everybody good night everyone thank you Unlocking the Cage is produced by The Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com. <laughs>